it did feel like just energy leaks and exhaustion yeah. and all the time. And then plugging up these holes of energy leaks was just as exhausting. He's like, no, because that's not the essence of who you are. And that's not actual self-containment. That is the that is like, you know, saying that you can leak. <laughs> like, why? Just have this <laughs> thing where it's just this beautiful wall. It's not shutting people out. It's giving them an essence. And it's actually, to me... It's like, it's just giving yourself permission to navigate the best version of yourself and who you, you want that to be. And then to see people at their best version of themselves. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Hello, podcast listening peeps. <laughs> Never know what's going to come out of my mouth when we just go, all right, start, begin. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to Way of the Artist. And today we're excited to have our first guest of the show. Now, if you listen to the B&E podcast, it is possible that you heard her before. Uh, we're very happy to have her here. Today we have Kat Schulte, who, in addition to being my wife and a brilliant human being, has, <laughs> I'm, I'm scoring some points right now, but she's uh, had a an incredible uh, experience of things in her life. She has been a healthcare professional for over 10 years. She ran a production company for three, four years, something like that has been in performing arts for over a decade, maybe close to two decades, has been a uh, transformational life coach. Uh, she has an extraordinary uh, range of expertise in helping people get their shit together and healing and all that stuff. So uh, there's more I could say, but I won't. So Kat, welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, go on. What are all the things I did? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> well, isn't that it? You know, you, you do all these things in your life. And uh, I think that's why, you know, you've been on the... Kat's been on the show, actually, twice before already. Mm -hmm. um, I was back, the first... Yeah, our first guest we ever had. Yep. On the B&E podcast, which was what this originated from. And yep. you're our first guest on Way of the Artist as well. And she was in episode 100, for those of you who want more Kat Schulte in your life. Um, of the B&E. Mm -hmm. So you can find that on the interweb. It's out there somewhere. Mm -hmm. Maybe still on our thread. Yeah. Definitely. Probably yeah. still on the same page as you'll find this. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we're, we're, we're not planning on deleting episodes at this point, but yeah, just in case, you know, in case way the artist goes off onto something else and mm. people can never find the B&E again, it's available now. So find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll probably be hearing more of Kat as, as we go on. It's nice to have a very intelligent and powerful female voice to sometimes disrupt the man fest that goes on in here. Yeah, the bromance. The bromance. The bromance. <laughs> I mean, we try and keep a, a fairly balanced approach to whatever we're doing, but sometimes yeah, we have no, a blind spot. Yeah, we usually spots. play the woman, I play the guy. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes we switch. 
Is, well, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Regardless. No, right? there's in this anything... day and age, you've just offended everybody. Yeah. <laughs> in some sort of way. <laughs> so anyway, for uh, for those female listeners out there, it's, you know, we have a female perspective on, and What's I think, that? yeah, I think it gives us a little bit of balance in this art conversation we like to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so today we're talking about trusting in your own way. Yes. And uh, for those of you who are um, listeners, you might have already seen that we have a law of trust. This is going to be highly related to that. Um, some other laws I think might be worth mentioning, the law of vision, the law of experience, the law of appreciation, and the law of process are going to be very much related to this part of the conversation. And we're just taking it further with Kat. She's going to share a bit of her life experience. She's actually going to run you through an exercise at one point. And, uh, and hopefully you can walk away with this being able to trust going your own way a little bit more. And, you know, as we've all had to learn in our own ways and, you know, we don't necessarily have the answers, but we can maybe give you guys some direction, some guidance and some, you know, some help. Yeah. And I think to preface this conversation where we decided to get into this particular topic has a little bit to do with what you just said, which is not about only a little bit has <laughs> it's not so much about about giving answers because really what we're getting at in this conversation it, it arose out of a lot of the climate of what's going on out there we have such massive exposure through all of our different media outlets we're hearing all kinds of opinions different beliefs people's propaganda, this is how you should do it, or this is how you should do it. Everybody's giving their two cents. And I guess in some ways we are, we're trying to bring an approach to this that is perhaps a little bit different. As you said, less about being, this is how you do it. And more about, okay, well, let's inquire into how each of us as individuals might make our way through the world kind of the way that it is right now like how do you navigate through so much of the noise and stay like we were talking about it in a way of being self-contained because self-containment in itself is uh i think a really good lesson and each one of us here on this podcast has definitely gone through a huge journey within understanding how to be self-contained and what that means to us and how how we stop listening to the noise and how we start listening to ourselves, right? Because we're brought up in noise. Each and every single one of us is brought up in so much noise. Like, doesn't matter. You're you're bombarded with opinions about how you're supposed to live and what you're supposed to do from the people that raise you to the people that surround you to when you grow, as you navigate through that world and go through schooling, as you navigate through your work life and and it's just a bunch of noise. And I think the process in like it for this is like just kind of my thought process on like growing up is like, you know, you grow up as a kid, you absorb so much, you create belief systems around everything that you've absorbed. Then you get into your twenties where you just go, 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 you do exactly what you think you're supposed to do. And then your later twenties Everything gets challenged. Like, absolutely everything gets challenged. Every single one of your belief systems, it's like the universe is like, do you really believe that? And then you just get triggered and your whole life blows up in your face. And then you realize that you're, you have to really figure out what you actually think. And then you start piecing yourself back together the way that you want to be. 
the way that mm-hmm. you want to navigate this world, the way that you yourself, the way that it works, because the way that everybody else is telling you is the way that it may or may not have even worked for them. Mm. But it's just what they either heard or it is the way that worked for them. And then they think that no, they don't even think that they just say these things. And but the thing is that you have to always come to the conclusion yourself. How do you want to live? Mm. How do you want to be in this world? How do you want to navigate it? What are the decisions you make? How do you feel about these things? Yeah, so much of it is about questioning things. Mm-hmm. What you're saying, I don't remember where I read this, but I remember <laughs> this quote being, adolescence begins when you realize that your parents don't have all the answers. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that <laughs> and, one. That's a good one. And I think that there are multiple stages of that because I think, you know, you gave sort of an age range when these things happen. I think that that shifts through different things. You know, I think of sometimes <laughs> in, yeah. in high school, knowing kids who are going through massive existential questions, right? Yeah. Which was something I was not going through I at was. that time. At yeah. 15, really. 16, big existential crisis. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. sometimes it's something really, it can be triggered by a, a very traumatic or dr- dramatic. Event. Yeah. We lost Tra- our house. Divorce yeah. is a huge yeah. thing for, for a lot of people yeah. or, or a Maybe there's a major death in, in the family. Something yeah. like this can bring these things on. So these things can slide. They can move around at different ages. But there is sort of this process. Like adolescence begins when you realize your parents don't have all the answers. And you go, whoa, your reality changes a little bit. But then you get out there and you go, well, hold on a second. Our whole culture, our whole system is built on a lot of these different beliefs. And in a lot of ways, assumptions. Assumptions that people know. Yeah, that and, and these assumptions saying, can be very dangerous. And even you were saying before, they're also based around authority figures. Mm-hmm. Where do you find the authority when you let go of your parents who becomes your authority? And most people look outside themselves. In fact, we almost always do. We look outside ourselves for authority yeah. until we realize that it's the worst thing we, that for us. Because now we've done everything by somebody else's book. And either it hasn't worked or you're unhappy or it has worked and you are happy. Right. But if you're on the earlier scale of that, then it's no good. (laughs) You know, I I mean, I'm going to take my opportunity now just to harp on the education system. (laughs) Yes. Doing it early. We're going to get one. We're going to get one in. But you know, I, I think that you could learn or be taught at an early age to be an authority of your own life. You know, you could be, we're just not taught that way, mm-hmm. you know, but kids are, kids are incredibly intuitive and incredibly, um, creative. Uh, in, yeah. They, they're inquisitive. They look into things, they play with things. They try it out. Love play. There you go. You know, this, um, way in which we learn can be self-guided. And I think like a lot of what Kat is going to bring to this and what you already are bringing this is helping us ask questions so that we can come from a self-based authority system. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you read these books, I mean, you know, and the people will position themselves like, I know, and this is how you do it. And like, really, it's like, here's some things that work. Here's some things that have worked. Yeah. They may not work anymore, but right now this has helped or this has worked, you know. And then really, like, it's a starting point, but it's not like the final answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I yeah. feel like we, the way we're taught, at least all the way I know we were educated, was we sat in a class and someone was put in front and they were the authority figure and they told us what to do. Yeah. And so most of us had that experience. And so we go out in the world and we go, okay, tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, 
you know, that leads to many, many problems, especially when we have passions and desires and dreams and, and we realize that, Hey, maybe like you've been telling me to do this thing and this isn't actually leading to what I want. Well, you're listening to someone's ego and then your ego takes over. And so now you've had an ego driven, ego fueled life (laughs) of just like, because of, of outcomes that you want, right? You've listened to people's opinions based on outcomes that you want. You want to do this. You want to have fame. You want to have success. You got to do this, 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 and this. And then you sell this much, and you do this much, and then you find these people. And, and because that—that's what makes a great life, right? Yeah, you want this. Yeah. You want this. You want. Why don't you want this? Oh, and then you feel guilty for not having it. And then you work so hard, and you discredit all of it because mm-hmm. of the outcome that you either get or don't get. And that's not the point. The point is not that. The point is curiosity. It's the journey. It's the excitement towards something, pursuing something of value to you. You you brought up something great. You said the outcome that you don't want or whatever. I mean, that's why I had an existential crisis at 15, 14, 15, 16. Mm -hmm. My parents got divorced, which was, you know, for any kid that's gone through divorce, this is a shock, especially if it happens around that age. It's like such a weird thing because your whole life is like, oh, like my parents, my family, everything works this way. On top of that, they lost everything financially. Mm-hmm. Like they went from being like very well off or living in a mansion to mm-hmm. both having to declare bankruptcy within a matter of years. And this threw my whole worldview, my whole expectation, my whole idea of how things are going to work or supposed to work. And it put me into a position of, oh my God, like, you know, and I think what ended up happening was, you know, I started to ask questions because up until that point, things were just kind of going to plan. Mm -hmm. And I think an existential crisis is a very difficult thing, but also it can be a great thing. It's just so difficult to go through. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a part of this whole thing. Like I know that we're discussing it as maybe not so much as a thing to avoid, but a thing that we can somehow embrace in a new way. Yeah. You know, because I think that there is a huge value in these massive disruptions to our belief systems, you know, it, that really reshape us in profound ways. And and we come out with this kind of wisdom. So there is something about having all these people that we put in these places of authorities that we put in that sort of guru position, which is, you know, maybe it usually starts in the family. Typically it's, it's the parental figure, or maybe it's a, it's a sibling and then you go, wait, hold on a second. They don't have all the answers. So then you're looking for another one, right? right. You, you find another sort of parental figure to teach you the rose. And it sort of ultimately all comes down that the guru becomes a con artist, or at least that can be <laughs> what it feels that. And we become mm-hmm. cynical in that process. And the thing is not to become cynical. Mm-hmm. I think I, that's... Because everybody is actually acting from the best place that they know how to act from, yeah. right? People aren't going out there. I think for the most part, people aren't going out there to be sinister and nefarious and ruin your life, uh, even if that sometimes becomes an outcome. Mm-hmm. But people are acting from, you know, what they think is right. And we're all in this world, especially in North America, especially like Western first world countries, like to have our shit together. There's whole this thing of like, oh, this person has their shit together and everybody's got their shit together and everybody pretends to have their shit together and nobody has their shit together. So we're all just <laughs> doing our best being like, I don't know, but, um, and they tell you like, especially in business or like, 
in business and in the working world, have a niche, niche down, know what you're you're an expert of. So you either go and become an expert in IT or an expert coach in creativity, or you become an expert filmmaker or a writer, or you become an actor. Like you, you branch off into this one narrow thing, and then. And so you're just doing the best you can because in they, they also say, because if you do that, then you become this and then you get that and then people hire you and this is how you make money. You do, you go through this whole path and it's not anybody's fault for the most part. <laughs> Some people are crazy. Absolutely. Definitely people out there, but I think it is like you have to, yeah, because people are acting from the best place they know how to act from. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you pointed out earlier about the ego driven you're ego driven, your ego catches on to another ego and it all reinforces. And I think, you know, that's one of the big struggles of this time is that the ego is, is so, um, embraced whether people want to or not. It's, you know, because, you know, I, I mean, the ego, it, you know, you can talk at end about it, but it's like, um, the ego, I think in some ways it, it allows you to kind of sometimes navigate through such a challenging, um, sometimes violent, sometimes world that's going to bully you around. I mean, I think about when I was younger and in some ways my ego was the thing that helped me now. Well, it is, I think in essence, a protective mechanism. Right. And I needed it at the time. And as I've gotten older, it's been so much about discarding it now because it's not serving me anymore. But at a time it was very helpful. And I look back and I go, man, I wish I didn't have to have an ego, but in the environment in which I grew up in some ways, that ego was helping me keep my self-containment because I was going, this is me. This is what I'm about. This is who I am. So kind of like fuck everybody else telling me (laughs) what to do. I'm going to do this. And so I kind of latched onto this is my ego, right? Well, the For ego, I mean, yeah. in, in essence, the ego is just, it's a, it's a construct. It's something that we've constructed based on our upbringing of, and that's just ideas, concepts, beliefs. So really what we want to try and do is have an ego of better ideas, right? you know, than the ones that we had before. So at one point, you know, your, your ego was comprised of these ideas. Suddenly these ideas aren't any good anymore. So the ego needs to have better ideas. And the ego is not always an issue. It's, it's about who's in the driver's seat, right? The ego uh, often, because we don't make our own decisions, we don't be, we're not self-contained. The ego's in the driver's seat because we're just on go, 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 move forward mode. Mm. And it's just like the thing of like, listen to your head or to your heart, right? Mm -hmm. And for most of us, we listen to our head all the time. And to me, like self-containment is listening to who you are, but not who you are in definitions of, you know, I'm Brandon Colby Cook and I'm a writer and I'm an artist. I'm a this and I'm a that and I'm a, you know, it's, it's about, okay, what does what does Brandon Colby Cook feel like? For me, it's like, what does Kat Schulte actually feel like? And this was actually told to me by my friend Kai, or a friend Kai. And so you have to sit with yourself, and that's what listening to your heart is. Um, the other way that I like to define listening to your heart, because so many people tell you, listen to your heart, and you're like, what the fuck does that feel like? And yeah. I'll just swear that's what I am. And <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, just yeah, yeah, you can swear. Swear oh, fucks? Yeah. yeah. And, and <laughs> swear fucks. <laughs> to me, the definition of listening to your heart is listening to all the love that is outside of you. So listening to your heart is absolutely acting from what you want to do and, and like your highest good and this and that, the other. But the other thing is, is that I, one day I just realized it for my own definition and people can take it or leave it. But it's like, it's pointed out to almost anybody that I know 
but it's like, you know, when we're in our mind fuck, it's like, have you not heard all the times I've told you how fucking amazing you are, right? And none of us listen to that easily. But so for me, the heart is all that love that is outside of you, loving you. Listen to your heart. So like when somebody that you love, anybody, friend or a significant other or family says like, you're so great. It's like, understand that that's your heart telling you, you know, that's your heart speaking to you. Like, listen to your heart. So tell me this. So what do you do when someone you love is criticizing you? Yeah, that's their own ego yelling at you, right? So like, 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 and so let's go into this because I mean, I, w- I want to investigate that. Like, okay. listen to the love. Like when someone says something good, you know, it's, that can yeah. be hard to hear. We hear the criticism more than sometimes the good comments mm-hmm. or the positive comments. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I mean, I've had people in my life who have been, who I've loved mm-hmm. and love, but they are critical. Like they only find what's wrong. They only find what's bad. Yeah. They only look at like, this is how you can improve. This is what's wrong with yeah. you. And that is ultimately ends up being toxic. Yeah. You know? And so then I go, well, look, I love you, but I can't have you around. Yeah. You're, you're not healthy. So mm-hmm. when you I know? say like, listen to the love outside of you, it's not the person you love. It's the love. It's the loving kindness that is coming back at you. Mm. So that's that's not listening to the person that you love saying everything because that person is going to spew love, hate, and judgment. It doesn't matter. They're going to love you and they're going to spew all their judgments. And how you understand when people are criticizing you, this is how I understand it. I, I understand and, and broach it in two different ways. Is every judgment that they're putting out is a judgment that they believe inward. Mm. So that's one thing is like, okay, I hear what you're saying and you've just judged me on this. What's the fundamental judgment? Okay, you don't like your life right now. I'm just going to listen to that, mm. right? So it's a way to just create compassion. And the so second, it's like the way you hear it. Yes. Yeah. Is, is how, do you, how do you get really compassionate with that person? And then the second thing to me is everybody is a mirror. So like... Are they saying something and it's usually a low blow and we have a reaction to it because we're actually putting out that vibration because we actually fear it because it's a mirror of what we're still working through. It's a mirror of what we're still worried about or um, acting on And like, you know, vibrationally, if you want to go into like vibrationally, it's actually something that's like on your vibrational level. It's something that you actually truly believe and that's why it bothers you Hmm. because if you didn't believe if it wasn't in your belief system it's not truly belief but it wasn't it's still in your belief system you would not react to it Mm -hmm. like my process of healing is also healing my reactions my triggers right so you have to understand where the trigger comes from and the trigger often comes from i believe that's true and like so you know if you believe in the devil or you believe that every you know apocalyptic thinking you and i have talked about that a lot lately it's just like if you believe that that is something alive in you, you have to look at how that triggers you. And then once you know that it's kind of gone out of you, when you don't react to that shit anymore. So that's the thing hmm. to me. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. And, and something I want to touch on here as well is that criticism can come from a, a loving place. You know, and there's, it's, they're not, it's not something that's exclusive. You know, criticism is not always something that is coming from a negative place. When it's coming from a negative, destructive place, it's pretty obvious. You know, it's usually in the form of some kind of an attack. It's there to demean you. Mm -hmm. Whereas it is possible 
for somebody who really cares about you and for someone who really cares about helping, who wants to uplift you, for them to offer you criticism in a way that is is there in a place of love, that is there to be like, hey, yeah. I want to see you be the best you yeah. that you can be. And I have this idea. Yeah. Here's, I have some thoughts for you. Yeah. But part of what we're talking about here too in this whole process is even when you're receiving that kind of criticism mm-hmm. is going, I hear where you're coming from. I'm listening to what you're saying. I'm considering what you're saying. But it's that consideration that we find our power in our voice. Yes. I love, I love that you brought it back to this because this is all like, because we're talking about self-containment. So even anything like that, these are the processes that I use to manage my own triggers, right? They're to manage my own uh, way through and in this world um, because it's what works for me. And it's because um, most of the things that I try and do, I try and look at a more positive outcome or a more peaceful outcome. So my family has had a lot of trauma. So we're dealing, I'm dealing often with, you know, PTSD triggers and, and just other kinds of triggers and things like that. So outbursts have definitely been a common occurrence, right? And so how do you navigate this and still have a relationship? And I'll say this, my family is incredibly close. We love each other and support each other. And we went, we have gone in and out of the dirt and the shit and the junk to be Uh, an extremely strong family in that way and communicative like we I, I I have this whole thing about having hard conversations I think it's one of the most important things that we that has worked is because when people fear hard conversations like talking about if you've been raped or if you were assaulted or if you've had massive depression anxiety if you have suicidal tendencies these are really hard conversations that are actually being talked about but when's the last time you sat down and talked with them with your grandpa or your grandma or your mom or your dad or your sister or your brother like these people that are actually in your life who probably have it too and you have never known right mm. so hard conversations are a really good thing so I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that now. <laughs> well, we were talking about, about containment. Self-containment. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So this is just some of the processes that work for well, me. Well, and I think, Evan, you're pointing out the considering, you know, being considering like what people are saying, the critical thing that's coming mm-hmm. your way, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever is coming from the outside world in is, you know, I think that's part of like, you know, trusting your own way is like you, you consider things that come in you don't just take them at face like you don't take them as they are you know like like I remember so I remember in grade six I decided I just remember the sixth grade for those Americans out there um (laughs) 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 but I remember being in that grade and I had this teacher and I decided okay I'm gonna listen to what she says I'm gonna really listen to her I'm gonna be a good student I'm gonna really pay attention And I remember there was a certain point in the year near the end where I realized that she was a compulsive liar (laughs) and and it started to come out that she was a liar. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I've been listening to this person. I've been listening to them. Give me advice and like, tell me about, and they just, they would tell stories that were lies. And I was like, this blew my mind at the time because I was like, you would just come and like, I don't know what she was going for. I don't know what her agenda was. But ever since that point, anytime anyone ever tells me anything, there's a certain part of me that goes, 
just consider that this might not be the truth. Just consider it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because not that it isn't, I don't suspect everybody's lying, but I don't just take things as though they are the fact they happened unless I see it and experience it or, or it gets totally verified in some way. I kind of like, and I think that's really important because when you're walking your own path, you can have people be like, yeah, it's this way. Yeah, it's this way. And you keep hearing people kind of say, yeah, it's this way. And you can go, oh, I guess it's that way. Like there's a, there's a social psych experiment. They get people to walk into a room, into a classroom. They draw some lines on the board. One line is clearly shorter than the other, but most of the students who are there are actually in on it. And they'll say, yeah, the lines are the same length. And they test to see if the person who's gone into the experiment will just agree that the lines are the same length. And basically 75, 80% of people do say it's the same length, even though they know it's different. And they say that's partly to do with the fact that social pressure is so huge for us Mm. that the risk of standing out and being different, even though you know you're right, is, is, seems worse. So we just agree. And, and sometimes even worse, we'll convince ourselves we're wrong because Mm -hmm. if everyone else sees the same, then I must be crazy. I must and I don't want to tell everyone like, Hey, I'm the, I'm the one with the screw loose. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And so th- that's another thing about trusting your own way. You might seem crazy to other people yeah. and that's, you need to be okay with that. That's part of this, right? Like the willingness to look bad in front of others is part of it. I really like something, something just popped into my head as you were telling that story is like within self-containment, I think it's important to one, like self-reflect and always ask, is this my truth? Mm. But also you were just talking about this story and I was like, oh, that's a really admirable thing. I love that because I don't think like that. But that was a clear, a very clear example about why you think like that, this specific moment. So maybe like self-containment and trusting your own way is reflecting on the things that you you admire about yourself, the way that you are, the, you know, because the, there's... You know, like we were bringing up a, f- a friend of ours that we we all know named Dana, and like that was a woman in my early twenties. That some of the ways that she was, I admired so much. And you know, as we got to know each other, I understand why she thought that way, and I understand why I didn't. You know, especially like when it came to just being um, strong in your opinions or um, you know navigating your life and just different things that I admire about her. So many things that I'm. Yeah, and he. So that could be a really cool thing. Like, so what do you? So what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm. So like, the, so the life experiences you have, are, kind of make you see the world the way you see it. So this, like, you know, you question if this is going to be something true for you, right? Because of some, that one person, right? I'm right? an authority figure lie to me. Yeah, yeah. But the other thing is, is that some people have authority figures that lie to them. They know it, and they don't think like that still. They don't make the decision, the conscious decision, and they don't even have that conscious reaction to go, wait a second, I need to question Hmm. now what I hear, right? That's a conscious thing to go, all right, this is something I didn't like. Now I'm going to have a mechanism in my life so that I don't feel this way again. Right. And so she helped me in a way build something in myself. Build something that is admirable to me. I, see. I mean, okay. not maybe not everybody thinks that that's, you know, that they want to do that. But right. I, I, I hear that and I go, that's really cool. Like, I really like the way that you thought, like how that changed that perspective. So, but it's also something that you recognize. Uh, and I think that a lot of people don't reflect to recognize like, oh, actually, you know, um, 
you know, I didn't get into this situation or so many people got into this situation. Like, let's say it's something very simple, right? Like finances. Like, you know, they just believe that if they put stuff away or if they spent less than then they made and they, then they'd have a little bit more, right? And that worked out for them. But who said that to them? Who did that? And who actually ended up doing that? Them, right? So they right. heard something, they listened, and then they acted accordingly and it turned out well for them in their life. So they incor- so it's about kind of like you're talking about kind of incorporating things into your character. And appreciation. Yeah. Right. Appreciation for your character and, and self-containment because um, I think this... Oh, sorry. We're looking at the cute he, cat. Looking at Charlie. Because <laughs> he's staring. For those of you that know, Charlie Cat wanders around the studio. You yeah. Know, he's just giving us all eyes. Yeah. Um, but this is a good thing to... Maybe I'll start is like, what is self-containment? Right? So we touched on a lot of it already. We, we touched on, um, you know, asking if something is true for you. We talked about, and this is the process. I wasn't really going to run people through the process, but, like, my friend Kai ran me through this thing. It's just, like, you know, sit with yourself because so many of us, you know, meditation and mindfulness is really important. A lot of people watch their thoughts or they listen to guided meditations or they listen to their breath. But what I'm suggesting is you sit and you feel... You feel who you are. You feel what you radiate outwards. Mm. And and you feel like, so you can also get into like, you can, you can get into the state of like when you're most joyful or loving and then just feel how that emanates out you. And then that is your self-containment and nothing comes in that, mm. right? So if something doesn't feel right, no, because I am this. And then you get to become an example of how you become self-contained and you're always um, in in your space. And then from what you do from there, like, okay, I'm going to consider everything that's told to me. I'm going to, you know, ask myself what I think is true, how I think, um, the processes that I like. Because there's so many, you can do, there's infinite ways to do anything. So, you know, if something's a slog, don't do it. You know, find a different way. It's something that's going to be more fun and joyful for you, right? Uh, people are burning out left, right, and center. We're, we're, we have depression and anxiety on an, epi- an epic scale right now. And it's just like a massive epidemic in our society. Yeah. So to me, it's like, this isn't fucking worth it. Whatever you're doing, if you're just so fucking miserable, it's not worth it. So because you are, you are beautiful, radiant, wonderful love. So get into that space Feel that you are that and push it outwards and don't let anything else in. Now, this is a process because most of us let everything in, right? We listen to people spew. We let people dump on us. We um, always want to help people. We give, 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 give until we burn out and and crash and burn. And we give all our energy away and we think that we're depleted. Mm. But really, it's just because we're not self-contained because we think that we need to be the reason why someone else is happy. We need to be the reason why someone else is has a better life. We need to give up everything or else we're bad people. We're just living in that, you know, post-religious situation. Because <laughs> it really is that. <laughs> um, anyway, that's just yeah. my thoughts on that. But that's what self-containment is to me. So um, It's a very y- feminine way of looking at it. So, so you see it as kind of a <clears throat> an energy that's within you or a sense. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you, you kind of stay true to that sense as you put that out in the world. Yeah. Another way that I look at self-containment. you don't worry. Right. You don't worry about um, trying to please other people. Right. Because you just show up 
in this. Like, and that's kind of like where it's, it's being authentic is enough. Like by being true, being honest, yeah. being real. By, and, and like you said earlier, being, right. you being right. is enough. Right. And I think like when we are coming from a place of love, and I think anybody could relate to this, you're not going to kind of cause trouble with other people. Because usually people who are like negatively critical or coming from a dark place, mm-hmm. it's usually, um, and this is, you know, this is 101, but it's like usually because they're lacking, right? Mm-hmm. Another thing that uh, self-containment, I just want to kind of tack on to what you said, because I agree with that 100%. I think you should tell, like, I think you should say what it is to you. So is, absolutely. yeah, is um, the part of like being very, and you brought this in, but being very, for me, it's very much right now in my life about not taking on energy that other people are putting out. You know, because like people get worried and they get worked up and they get judgmental and they get this stuff. Yeah. And like one of those things where I'm doing is like, you're worrying that's your vibe, that's your energy, that's what you're doing. I'm not going to worry with you. Like you can worry and you might, and I can say like, Hey, there's no need to worry. And you might not. But my thing is, is like my self-containment is me being true to not letting them kind of affect or infect my love state of like this, this kind of state of trust, the state of like, keep on keeping on, you know, mm-hmm. keep the main thing, the main thing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. And that's kind of the way you, you suggest it. And then these outside influences can get you off of the main thing, which is like, follow my path, be it, trust my instinct, trust my gut, trust my heart, trust that energy. If energy comes along, you don't agree with, mm-hmm. it can like bounce off of you. It doesn't have to penetrate, you know, yeah. and it can trigger your ego. Your right. ego will attack anything that it can get its hands right. on. And that can, that can get your energy all messed up too, because someone irks you over here and then all of a sudden you start putting your energy in how they irked you. Yeah. That's like a real self-containment issue because it's like, and then you stop spend a whole go- day. joining that world. Yeah. You know, don't worry about that. Like it pissed you off. Okay, great. It pissed you off. Now move on. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. I want to bring this conversation into the realm of, of the artist. Okay. Mm. Right. And, and see where we can branch off from there. So first, what I want to do is one of the images or metaphors that was passed along to me some time ago was to be in the eye of the storm, you know, which is to say there's all of this stuff going on around you, right? Which is this whole community, society, you know, everything throughout all of human history. And it's, there's this storm that circling and in this section you have these people in the storm being being like no 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 this is the this is the system we're right and and they're wrong over there but yeah. so everyone's got a story right? right and they're all in this storm and we can be provoked to enter into some area and then get just tossed around right right so remaining in a place where we're in that eye of the storm always i think it's such a vital place to be. And, and when I say artist, I'm, there's really not a whole lot that distinguishes an artist much differently than anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that there's just, there's a, there are certain things that are just brought out to the surface kind of very clearly throughout an artist's life Mm. and perspective. An artist's job is to mirror society an artist's job is to express authentically. 
And so an, it's very important for an artist to be able to look with a certain degree of objectivity, with a certain degree of discernment about what's going on. So we're talking about all of these different things, people with all of their opinions and, you know, all of these things, the, these ways that they think we should live our lives. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got an opinion on how we should live our lives. Mm-hmm. It is so important for us to be connected to who that thing is that we are, who we feel it is that we are in order to find an expression, in order to keep that level of containment as we're talking about. But, you know, this conversation sort of, of, of what did we call this one again? We're calling this one trusting in our own way. So containment is a huge part of trusting in our own way, which is really we're talking about yeah. how do we remain connected and get to know and have a relationship with this human being that we are, Mm -hmm. what we actually think, what we actually feel in the face of all of these influences that are constantly coming in at us. I just want to leave that one out here for now. I love that because I think that the, the the thing that we've been alluding to as well is that like it's we want to be healthy. We want a healthier, happier world. And this is a, what we think is a, one of the main ways to go about being healthy because you can't fix anybody and nobody needs fixing. You can only fix yourself. You can, that's the, the only control you have is how you react to any situation at any given time. You cannot control how other people are going to react because we have no idea what their storm looks like. Their storm might be blue and yellow and have cows everywhere, right? <laughs> and we could be a dark cloud in it if we're not careful. Yeah, we mm. can be, we can be, we probably, we definitely are. Yeah. I think that, not that we're a dark cloud, but we, we don't can, mean to be, but we could be if well, we're, we're too part of the dominating storm. or controlling. Right? Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, because because even the best intentions, the people that we do know love us, like you two here, we're all very good friends here, um, and I respect your opinion, and I ask it often, and we have good conversation, but even sometimes within that, each one of us has to still sit down alone and go, what do I actually think in the end of this? Because especially when it comes to decision making or moving forward neither of you can make my decision for me for me to be the best because you're never in this body Mm -hmm. feeling how i'm feeling in every moment i'm never in your bodies feeling how you're feeling right like um ptsd is a very interesting thing because and panic attacks anxiety anybody who's gone through depression anxiety panic attacks ptsd whatever that looks like we all know that triggers happen under the surface and you know, we, you know, Evan and I have had completely, perfectly normal conversations and I'm just like, and I'm having a panic attack right now, right? <laughs> like, and it'll actually come out exactly like that. Like, right. I'm just having a panic attack right now where some people's panic attack looks bowled over, right? right? And we all know, like, you could you could be joyous and fun and free and having beers with friends and then you can be like, <laughs> I'm so depressed right now, mm-hmm. like so brutally depressed, or, or having a trigger, you know, you don't know what people's triggers are. People's triggers can be absolutely anything because 
you know, it depends on what they've seen, right? It depends mm. on what they've gone through. If someone saw somebody get knifed, well, knives are their triggers. If somebody else saw someone get hit with a bottle, that's their trigger now. Or somebody, you know, blankets can be triggers. A toe can be a trigger. You know, you making a gun sign with your finger can be a trigger and you don't know, mm-hmm. right? Like anything can be these things. So that's why self-containment is important. But also to de- for me, it's neutralizing those triggers. How do I make it so that I know I'm safe now? How do I could bring this back to me being the best version of me that I want to be? Not that Evan wants me to be. Not that you want me to Brandon wants me to be. It's it's me. Like, how, what's going to make me the most joyful to be in the world? And I think all of us has have this image in our head. It's just about how do we navigate the triggers in our lives so that we can be the most healthy and joyful and step into that person. Mm-hmm. You know, I you brought up some things. One thing that I've found is that, you know, having a sense of safety is is so important in life. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to me, self-containment is m- so much about me making sure I set up the environment for safety. And that can mean a variety of things. That can mean, obviously, physical safety, but emotional safety. You know, I think that's like a lot of times people don't always consider the fact that emotional and psychological safety is important as well. You know, in this sense of like putting looking at your environment i mean look if people can understand the physical if everywhere you turn is a hundred foot cliff that if you fall off you die how are you going to live your life like how careful are you going to walk everywhere how careful are you going to be about trying anything Mm -hmm. right so you need to set up an environment where if you fall you fall on pillows like it's going to be all right everything's going to be safe and, and the way I look at this in an in a emotional, psychological, is if I'm around people that the moment I make a mistake, they're going to go, see, you don't know what you're doing, you, you blah, blah, blah. And they're going to point that out. Yeah. That's not a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's very important in self-containment for me to go, I, can, I actually create my environment and I allow people into my, I like this analogy, my theater. Mm-hmm. And if I fall on stage and everybody laughs at me in my theater, they need to get out of my theater or I need to move and get a different theater because this isn't working. Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to trip on stage and not have people go like, ha ha. But people go like, ah, like he was doing so well, you know, like that's okay. Keep going. You know, the show goes on and life is kind of like that. Right. But I feel like self-containment is we got to be responsible for our territory. We talked about this in our last episode a bit, but Mm. you know, I feel like, what we're pointing out is you brought in kind of our own sense of self, but then there's the territory, our environment Mm -hmm. that we create around us. You know, it's a big lesson I had to learn, you know, several years ago is like, who are my friends? Who are the people in my life? Mm -hmm. You know, you guys have become some of my closest friends and, and a lot, I have a lot of new friends as of like five, six years ago, but I created a wonderful environment of friendship now Mm -hmm. where I can make mistakes and I feel like I'm growing at a, at a level that's so profound at this point because it's okay for me to make mistakes. Whereas before it got pointed out, it got picked apart. And also I had people around who were kind of, you know, in a, they were, um, what's the word, uh, competitive, like looking to kind of seize my position almost, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like, that's not there anymore. It's like, Oh, I don't have to worry about that. Like no one's trying to like undercut me. You know what I mean? But I, but, you know, I went through a period of time where I was like, man, I, I collected people around me without, cause I wasn't being very selective. I wasn't being consciously aware. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a part of walking your own way. I mean, if it's really hard to walk your own way, part of it's you, but part of it's also how have you created the environment around you, you know, emotionally, psychologically, and maybe even physically, mm-hmm. you know, like you won't want to be surrounded by knives. <laughs> you don't want to be surrounded by cliffs, you know? Yeah. So what's it going to take to to set yourself up so that you can make some mistakes, mm-hmm. you know? That you can actually try some things out. I feel like people don't pursue artistry because they're so scared of what people will think of them oh, if, they, if they yeah. tried. And I mean, really, why I said earlier, you know, being an artist and a person is, is really, there's really not a huge distinguishing difference. Artists are in the business of expression. And of the the challenge of the artist is finding more and more uh, freedom to express. Right. And I think that that's something that we can all relate to in our lives. We're all searching to express this thing that we are in. And and I mean that in the most profound of ways, not, not just in the, in the jobs that we do. I'm talking about moment to moment, the, the person that we are being, you know, that is, that is our ultimate expression in the world. And we're all trying to bring more and more of that out to be less and less false, Mm -hmm. to be less and less of the stuff that we've been told we are, Mm -hmm. the stuff that has been put onto us. And it creates this kind of weird feeling. We're all walking around with this weird feeling of just being like, there's something that's just not true Mm -hmm. that I'm living. Mm Mm-hmm. And for me, this is of such importance in our lives. And I think as a society, we're starting to wake up to this fact that we are not all of these things out there, Mm. you know, and we're starting to wake up to the things that we are inside of us and how important that is for us to, to have a relationship with that and to understand what that is. You know what? I want to ask you, Kat because self-containment has been a big conversation the last few weeks, yeah. um, every time we've talked, right? Why is it so important for you? Like, cause you were the one that kind of brought this idea in a lot of ways, helped me clarify what it was. Uh, yeah. Um, I think for me it was because it shifted my perspective in such a profound way and the way that I have been living my life. Um, especially as, and I don't like to put labels on like the female, the this, the that, but definitely like the like an empathic female thing <laughs> happening and put and oh sorry, I'm squeak I'm making squeaky sounds. Um <laughs> squeak away. Squeak away. <laughs> but like there was an empathic um giving, um, always helping, putting people before myself right. thing happening. And it flipped for me because I realized that being empathic, which is like the definition of highly sensitive people or being empathic is um, feeling deeply, but also um, being able to perceive what other people are feeling or have some kind of perception of what they're feeling um, and, and taking that on. And sometimes that can lead what I saw was the unhealthiness of the way that it w- I was going about it. And the way that it was detrimental, not only for me, but like, I believe in vibration and we're all vibration, blah, 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 blah. But also if you keep something alive. So one, one thing is like, say, um, 
you know, a family member is suicidal or tries to take their own life, right? What if that was like their lowest low? And what if you feel afraid for them every single time you see them that's going to happen again and what if they're like that's not even fucking true anymore that's never going to be me again I went there it never happened and I'm past it but in your mind you're actually keeping it alive because you're seeing them as weaker than they are as more vulnerable than they are and um and it's a fear-based state right so just in vibrational ways you know when you're constantly feeling what other people feel you also pattern Right. So now you're assuming what people feel. You're you're assuming how you can help them, how you're going to do this, how you navigate. You're right. I'm right. You know, like, you know, just from from a present situation that is completely untrue. So anyways, I saw some some ways that the way that I was being was not helpful. And so when that flipped, then I felt it was energy leaks. And I was looking at all these energy leaks going, oh, gosh, like and I was trying to plug these holes and that, that's just not and then you know Kai came over and we had a chat and he's just like we, I was telling him some of the stuff that I was thinking about and how this was happening and how I was feeling about this and he's really good at self-containment and he's been we've been friends for years and we've always talked about this because I'm I'm such a uh, such an empathic person sometimes and it's detrimental to my health because it did feel like just energy leaks and exhaustion yeah. and all the time. And then plugging up these holes of energy leaks was just as exhausting. He's like, no, because that's not the essence of who you are. And that's not actual self-containment. That is the that is like, you know, saying that you can leak. <laughs> like, why? Just have this <laughs> thing where it's just this beautiful wall. It's not shutting people out. It's giving them an essence. And it's actually, to me... It's like, it's just giving yourself permission to navigate the best version of yourself and who you, you want that to be. And then to see people at their best version of themselves, because it's a disservice to see them as anything but. Hmm. And I think as a coach, that's really important for me because that's how I am with, with my coaching clients is like, you know, there's no convincing me that they're not so fucking powerful. There's no convincing. And if they're, I won't take on a client who I'm just like, if I don't think that they're the most awesome, the most powerful, and I don't believe in them 100%, I'm just like, if that's not mirrored and so directly uh, obvious to me, I'm not going to take you on because I'm not your coach. Because for some reason, I'm not seeing past your shit. And I need to see the highest version of you so that as you navigate, I just go, there's no convincing me of how weak you are. Hmm. I know that this is what you're capable of. Now go do it. Just get, get over your shit. (laughs) I can relate to that. I mean, yeah, because, you know, like I work with clients too and they, and they can try to convince you that they're weak and I don't know how to do this. And, um, and, and, and this didn't work. You fucking tried once. Try it again. Yeah. You know how many times you have to fail? (laughs) But I think that's, you know, and I think that's where, it's not failure. When we're, cause this is a thing I wanted to talk about as well. I want to mention one thing. The way you describe it as energy leaks is such a great way to look at it because I feel like that's really where self-containment, that's where we need to like really take this. Like we need to not be leaking energy to things that are not our... We're sucking energy, right? Yeah. It's not energy outside of yourself giving or taking. Right. And just because we're not putting energy into that doesn't mean that we don't care. It doesn't mean that we're not... Um, we still don't love the person, but like, you know, someone comes into mind, they say like, I don't, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like, I'm not going to go into like their whole story about and leak my energy into like how things can't work. 
You know, I'm not going to let that happen, Mm -hmm. but I can understand what it feels like to feel like you can't. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I feel, I feel like a good coach or a good mentor, anybody who's there with you says, I get that you feel that, Mm -hmm. but I don't agree with that. And we're not going to, we're not going to entertain that you can't. Like that was one rule we made in my first class and, and, and basically all the movie maker classes was one word we're not allowed to use is can't. And the, mm-hmm. and every client, every student got really good about it. They were like, they'd be like, I can't do this. And they were like, you can't? And then everyone would call them out and they were like, I won't. And then they're like, no, no, I will. <laughs> because basically that's what it all comes down to. When you cut the word can't, all of a sudden when it's not an ability issue, it becomes a will issue. Yeah. And really, I feel like great coaches just help you find your will. Yeah. You know, or do you have the will to do this, right? And I feel like energy leaks are where we leak our will away. We leak our... Our power. Our power. Yeah. yeah our willingness to per- persevere, to try, to keep going, and to kind of stay in center, like Evan pointed out, emotionally. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just because it's so easy for people to think, you know how hard it is to become a professional actor? And you can start leaking into that stat. You know, you can start going like, yeah. oh, that's, it's so hard. And then why, why, why put all your energy into that? Yeah. You know well, what I mean? Well, it's like I, I mentioned, I've, I've been reading the book, The Four Agreements. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, by Ruiz, I can't remember his whole name, but anyhow, <laughs> it, he, his perspective on it is, is agreements right now. He has his four agreements, but he prefaces his sort of thesis, what he's proposing as when we buy into, it's like, well, oh, I can't do this or whatever. You've just made an agreement with yourself. Yeah. You've just made an agreement like that a that's... signed document. <laughs> yeah, like that that's not possible for you, mm-hmm. right? And so people are, are constantly, we're receiving information, people saying like, oh, you can't do this or that's hard. That's a hard thing to do. It's going to be a challenge. Look at all these stats. And yeah, look at all these stats. And then if you buy into it, you've agreed to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. You're agreeing. It's like, oh, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be hard. And now we have all of these connotations of what hard looks like. Right. right. So we're bringing all of that to the table. It's like, oh, hard means that, you know, for artists, all the time, it's like, it means I'm going to be broke. Mm-hmm. It means that, you know, I'm not going to be able to have healthy relationships. Ugh. It means that I've got to suffer for my, for, yeah, I'm going to have addictions. I'm going to have to suffer. That's what hard looks like. Yeah. We're bringing all of those kind of unconscious or subconscious things once we've agreed to it. So there are all of these, there, there are so many things that are connected that we don't always see on the surface. But if we start agreeing to it, if we start buying into, again, what is essentially other people's realities, other people's perceptions, other people's propaganda. Mm -hmm. Well, that was something you brought up before the conversation. And this is a great thing to mention it while we're here is that everybody's selling something. You know, everybody's selling something. The question is, is I like, say that everybody is, but there's definitely a lot of people selling you on something. Oh, we're right all now. selling, Evan. <laughs> we're all selling. We're, we're selling whether we know it or not. But the thing is, is the question is whether you're buying it. The question is whether we're buying. That's really the question. You know, I, um, one of the Jeffrey Gittimer, he writes a bunch of books on sales and he says, people hate to be sold, but they love to buy. Mm-hmm. And I mm. think that's an important thing for everyone to remember. We love to buy. We love to buy. When someone comes along and they say, I got the answer. And yes. we believe that's the answer. We want to buy it. And we need to keep that in check. 
You know, we need to keep in check what we want to buy. And you got to understand the that whole our world. happiness yeah. is an external circumstance exactly. that's about to come our way. And if we take that philosophy that I can somehow buy it, we are going to start chasing shit, you know, and we need to start to realize that like you have a lot of the stuff that you're trying to buy, you already have it in spades inside of you. You know, and so you don't need to buy it. It's like you're right next to the source of water. Stop buying the bottle of water from, you know, this merchant who's selling you it. You have the fresh stream. The river's right next to you. It's in you. You know what I mean? Well, and that's I, like yeah. all the, like the gurus and the Buddhas and the things and that. They got rid of everything. Right. And they're, they're the most joyful, happy people because they understood that it's about my state of being. Mm-hmm. And... I just want to say, like, most of us just aren't going to do that. We're not going to get rid of everything and go and meditate in the woods for, like, uh, and <laughs> all day on end. I don't think that, that that's a good thing for everybody I don't, in the world. I don't it's think it is. I don't everybody. think it is either. And yeah. I don't think it's the way. But it doesn't mean that we can't get to the state of being that we like, that we want to be. And you know what? Some monks will actually say you can't get to the state unless you do this. I just don't think that's true. Because it's not true for me. And I do believe that we can practice and have a process. And, um... Like after this, I we'll get into a little bit of process. You want? To yeah, say we'll do that. Yeah, for sure. I was gonna say it's like it, uh, one of my favorite writers, Dan Millman, in one of his books, Camera Witch, said, "I've met plenty of very grumpy monks." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so there's this whole thing of of like, oh, you know, all these people who go in, in, into this life you know there's there is something that we can learn from the fact that people can go into a life of complete you know getting rid of all of it and it's and there's a wisdom to that because there is something that's 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 learned there's a there's just a wisdom to to some of that component however it's also been i've also come across certain teachings or anecdotes that people often go into something that extreme, like going down a path of like being a monk because they think they're going to get something out Mm -hmm. of it and realize that they're still just kind of chasing some idea that they've bought into. Yeah. Right. And they still haven't gotten to who they are. Yeah. This, this comes at like the, everyone's trying to sell you something. It's like, and you're trying to, you're always trying to buy something, right? It's like, it's being really conscious of the intention in where it's coming from, right? Like, if you are seriously like, you know what, I'm actually just curious about that. Are you, like, there's also the difference between calling and just just freaking head-butting into stuff, you know? Like, just yeah. slamming your head against walls. But it's like, there are people who are called into it. And they know, they're just like, yes, like, I don't even know why, but I'm just going to go here and I'm just going to follow this whatever this is and there's some people who are just like i need something so fucking drastically different because i'm so unhappy that i need to chase something different right and sometimes it works out sometimes it doesn't we Mm -hmm. don't know everyone's path but the intention in which you're doing something and the calling of it is fascinating like i think that curiosity is kind of the best thing like oh are you actually curious about that can you afford it are you curious about like if that does come with money like we're not talking about buying is always about money exchange but yeah, you buying, know, buying could just be using your time as the but currency. But even like or something like, currency, if yeah. I do this, or yeah, time, yeah. right? Like right. I'm going to pursue this because it's going to get me something external. This is, I'll be happy when, if you ever say that, 
run the other fucking way. Because <laughs> yeah. you, if you're not willing to be happy now, you're probably never going to be happy. If you can't be happy in the in the journey towards this, you know, like we were talking, and this is kind of heavy, but we were talking about, you know, one of Evan's uncles who lost his wife. And they put stuff away and they had this plan. Oh, you know what? If we just put away and if we sacrifice now, then when we're 50, we'll retire. And then she passed away. And, and many years before that came to be. Many years before that came to be. And they, you know, like looking back, he realized like, oh, we could have, we could have, you can have both. There's no, this is not an and or world. You could have enjoyed life a little more together and done that. Or you can sacrifice a little bit. I, I don't know. I'm a big believer of doing things now in the moment. Like I don't want anybody to get into bankruptcy. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> But I do think that it's important to create joy and and everything in, in your life now because I think the present moment is really all that exists. And if you can be joyful and peaceful in every present moment, then you've had a joyful and peaceful life. Hmm. If you are stressed out most of your time, then you've had a stressful life. It's no fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. well, and it's unnecessary. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you're, you're pointing out, you know, I think the, the sacrifice doesn't have to be experienced like a sacrifice yes. is the key mm. thing that I yes. would say like I because I'm very much a proponent of be in the moment be in the now enjoy right now make sure you're enjoyed but mm-hmm. but also you can sacrifice right now in this moment joyfully yes it does not have to be a, a like as we describe sacrifice this painful thing I can be like mm-hmm. look I'm working out right now I would much rather be laying on the beach just getting some sun, not doing anything, mm-hmm. but I'm working out right now. Yeah. But I can joyfully work out knowing that the pain and the and the difficulty and not seeing my friends on the beach at this moment is somehow in some ways building and the very building of myself mm-hmm. is joyful. And so like saving your money can be joyful. Mm-hmm. It, like just like spending your money can be joyful. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is, is we have this very much this culture of like, when I'm spending, I'm happy. And when I'm saving, I'm sacrificing. It's like, maybe you're sacrificing when you're spending. Maybe you need to like rewire the way you look at buying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because here's the thing. Like Everybody is selling. A, an incredibly right? expensive handbag. Yeah. yeah you, now you have a handbag, but what if you want to travel? <laughs> right? But that's the thing, right? If you want to travel, you, you to maybe give up a few handbags. And then you got to go to <laughs> Europe. <laughs> right? But Asia. now you have 20 handbags and you use one of them. Yeah. Or you could have gone to Europe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Handbags are Europe, If you're people. in Europe, come to Canada. We've got a great nature here. <laughs> yeah, we've got, we've got a great nature here. <laughs> we got a great nature. Um, okay. Two things we got to do before we tap this one out. Yeah. One, we got to mention the beer because I'm going to finish it pretty quick. And then Kat's going to rest her an exercise. Oh, we'll... I already did the from the inside. Oh, okay. Breathe. Okay. Breathe. So that's but, but, but so I would like from to the talk, inside. But we can talk about other yeah, processes. We... Okay. Well, let's yeah. mention that after. Yep. So let's just talk about this beer quick. This is a classic brewery, man. Yeah. Red Truck, Red Truck Beer. They've been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one's really good. You, you know, it's a funny thing about Red Truck. Because their most popular beer is their lager. Yeah. The Red Truck Lager. At least in Van- in Vancouver, like, you can find it all over the place. That it That is one of my least favorite <laughs> beers. Not just from them. We're going to have it on the show. It, it's just, it's, it's a beer that, like, it actually baffles me how popular it is. Because I'm like, this is 
not good. You don't like the beer? I, no, no, no. The the compared lager, to what they have the lager, but I find that so much of their other stuff is just like they do so much great stuff that it baffles my <laughs> mind that their lager is so popular. I'm like because this one, I've been really enjoying this. Are one. you gonna say the name? Endless mm-hmm. Summer. It's uh, it's called Endless Summer, and it's uh, a golden <laughs> ale by Red Truck mm-hmm. Beer, and it's really tasty. Yeah, it's very. I've tasty. really been enjoying it. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I, I mean, I'm going to bring on the lager onto this just because I want to, tr- I want to get some red truck <laughs> yeah. in here. But, um, I mean, I, I don't know. To me, lagers are kind of like such a base beer, you know, when, when we do have a lager, yeah. it's like, okay, whatever it's, you know, but it's all the, it's usually all the other beers when I'm going for an experience, I go for a different beer. Yeah. But, um, yeah, anyway, I mean, this isn't an advertisement. We just have beer to kind of spur on the conversation and. This is a tasty one. Golden Ale, Endless Summer. Try it out. You'll probably like it. And a little easy support for some good companies. Yeah, we, yeah, we like Support craft. local breweries. And we yeah, like craft breweries. I think it's a great thing to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're great. Actually, side note too, they're great for just community. I mean, if you go show up to a craft brewery yeah. and just hang out, you know, you meet some really great people, have a beer, have a conversation. Yeah. That's how these podcasts started. That's why we kind of always have a throwback to, to a craft beer. Yeah. Um, okay, so Kat, you have some exercises helping people to trust their own own way. Tell us out here. What do we do? How do we do this? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no pressure. Well, as the guru here, yeah. no, but everybody like, needs to listen to me. Yeah. Listen exactly what I say, <laughs> and you will be self-contained. <laughs> the exact antithesis of everything we've been talking yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, no, I just want, actually wanted to touch on like, just like going over some of the processes, just rap. I just like to do that just in sure. my mind. So, um, it's not an exercise so much, but the, I went through somewhat of the mindfulness exercise that the uh, meditative part of that, which is instead of looking at your thoughts, that's fine, but really try and feel the essence of who you are. And you can start with like feeling your heartbeat in your body and you can start with like feeling how that emulates out Um, people who are really into like energy and stuff like that. That's going to be real fun for them. Um, Oh, sorry. Or if you get into a deep meditative state first and it feels like, you know, they call it light body activation. You feel that coming out. That's who you are. Just keep pushing that out. And and it's a process. So the other thing for, for me is. Um, the process of it's a process everything is a process you have to just understand that there's no end to anything you you can navigate a, a process at any length really you can always get better or find different ways or get curious or drop something and then pick something back up or look at something else in a different way um, and my favorite thing is to ask yourself questions all the time um, my greatest favorite thing is with like what we were talking about triggers is like just take the moment, take a moment to sit and breathe deeply when you are triggered. Just breathe. Through. Evan always tells me just three deep breaths just to reset yourself and give yourself, you know, the opportunity to take care of yourself. And and for me, I'll do that and I'll just try and like move the energy through or try, see where I'm holding it. And then just kind of like bring it up and, and, you know, think of things that I love just Mm. to change and shift that or things that I'm neutral about. Just get your mind off of what's bothering you. Because you did say something like, if something irks you, don't spend your time on it. Mm. You know, someone cuts you off in the morning. If you sit 
all day going like, fucking guy, cut me off, cut me off. You've just spent a whole miserable day on a dude who didn't fucking mean to do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like, whoopsies. Like, I was, I remember this one time I cut this guy off really badly by a complete accident, right? Like, I was just needing to get into the other lane and traffic was... Female drivers, am I right? (laughs) This guy, this guy was honking at me, honking at me. He drove up right behind me. He went into a lane, almost hit a parked car, got back behind me, and at a red light, he got out of his van and came to my window. And the moment that I rolled down my window and I said, I'm so sorry, I didn't actually mean to do that. He just went, he saw me because he realized I'm a human being. And he just went, oh, that's okay. And he caught back into his van, right? Like, just, we forget these things, right? And we forget that we're getting mad at somebody who's just doing the best that they can. And they Mm -hmm. didn't mean to piss you off. And it's all on them. And um, healing is on its way. (laughs) That's from the four agreements, so you can read that. (laughs) Um, What are some of the other processes that we can leave people with? Well, um, one other thing I wanted to uh, get you to do was you said you like to ask questions. Oh, yeah. So what are some questions that people can just walk away with that they can ask themselves in those moments um, to help them just kind of uh, find their own path, you know? Well, for some people who are kind of givers and like over over needing to like help and fix people um, or people. This is really for people who say yes too much is never say yes. Never say yes right away. It's always that's interesting. I'm going to think about it. I'm going to get back to you in 12 hours, 24 hours, but never say yes to anything. Okay. Mm. And oh, givers, the people pleasers. And then what's the questions they ask themselves when they step away for it. And then when they step away from themselves, how am I feeling? Because most of those people are burnt out. Do I need a day off or what do I really want to do? Is this going to bring me more joy? Am I actually, do I actually care about this? Is it coming from the right place if I do say yes? But this is also just in general, like for anything, for self-containment is what do I want to do? Do I want to do this? Um, What's the right way to move forward? Um, You know, for artists, right? What's this project? Because we tend to give so much of our time, often for free, on projects that, in the end, do nothing for us, right? So, um, you know, like, is it going to do anything for me? Like, not in a selfish, definitely in a selfish way. Be selfish, it's fine. But is it going to do anything for me? And if not, am I going to have fun? Am I? Do I want to support these people? Um, you know, you know, what what do I want? How do I navigate this? I think that the starving artist situation needs to be eradicated drastically because for myself, I've been an artist forever and and actively in my adult years i've always had a decent paying job and can do my artistry freely mm-hmm. i've never been really a starving artist besides you know going through some breakdown and breakthrough stuff <laughs> for a few years and, and and recovering from burnout but other than that like i just do not believe that we have to be starving artists especially because it's just bullshit um, so I don't know. What are some other questions that you ask yourself? Like, what do you admire in people? What do you admire about yourself? What are the ways that you like to think? What are the ways that you want to think? Mm. Who's the person that you really want to step into? Um, how, this is a great one. How would I like to react to this? So say, you know, say something irks oh. you and bothers you and you fucking react terribly. And you realize later, like, fuck, I wish I did this. I wish I did that. It's like, okay, great. This is the perfect time to decide how would I have rather reacted to this so that next time 
Now the situation happens again and you know how you want to react and now you can explore if that's going to work or not for you. Mm. To me, it's always a constant exploration and breath and stuff like that. (laughs) Anything to add? Any good questions? Recap or questions? Anything you got? Yeah, I mean, the one of the big questions for me and as far as all the outside influence that we've been talking about is the question of, is this what I would choose to think? Mm -hmm. Is this what I would choose to feel? Mm -hmm. Is this what I would choose to believe? Yeah. Right. Like check in with those things when you're being confronted by somebody's, you know, because I think it's important that we consider what other people have to say and consider where it's coming from first and foremost. But then for ourselves is to go, is this, what I would choose to think? Is this what I would choose to feel? Is this what I would choose to believe? That can get us in touch with our own sense of ourselves and our own experience and helps us to connect to our own wisdom Mm. and then say, hmm, well, that was interesting, but I don't agree. Mm. You know, and, and that can lead to a further conversation or maybe not whatever, but it's, you still learn something to some extent in all of it. So those are some of the questions that I would, I would propose. I'm like, I'm just a huge advocate of people being their own guru. Yes. I don't think your answers are outside of yourself ever any, any more. And it's because I've been such a seeker. Yeah. And so recently I'm just like, I'm exhausted in seeking. Like I'm a weird overachiever in the craziest of ways and I go down rabbit holes and I have trained up the fucking wazoo and I've never felt good enough you know and that's actually where so much of that was motivated from is I need to do this because I need to be better and like oh I don't know this and I don't know every fucking thing I only know 99% of this so I need to find this 1% that I don't know (laughs) and I need to know everything be perfect so that I'm worthy so that I can maybe get this there and then it just burns you out and in the end you're just like I've just fucking heard the same thing over and over and over again. Like you said, people are teaching from the same book. Hmm. And yeah. and it's always left me um, dissatisfied. And so it's like, no, like, you're your own guru. Really start fucking asking yourself if you believe in this mm-hmm. or if you want to do this or if this feels right for you. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And the space that I'm at because I've, I've gone so far with so many different things. Um, and some of it's worked out and some it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys brought up so much stuff. Um, that's great. I think, you know, I, I think I'll just reiterate maybe an earlier comment, which is that, um, we love to buy, you know, we love to, we're always looking to buy something. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to start buying ourselves a little more, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's like, we need to stop looking outward to try and buy like whether it's get the next coach get the next handbag get the next car or the house the whatever the career Mm -hmm. like we need to start looking in and start going like you know start putting an investment into who you are and who you're going to be and that the answers are going to come out of you investing in yourself and you know I've shared this story before. I'll share it again. I feel like it's an important story and it relates to this and we never got to it. But there was a point I was 21 years old and I was about to drive down to Los Angeles and I was about to drive down. My friend, we were going to go down there. We were going to do LA 
is these actors, filmmakers. I had a film I just made. It just got into an L.A. film festival, all this stuff. My dad called me up, and my dad and I have always been at odds with the artist career and the filmmaking and acting. Called me up, and, and uh, you know, he had basically screwed me over on a real estate deal we had and a couple other things. He, I didn't realize this as it all kind of happened, and he said, look, if you go to L.A., I'm going to disown you. And he was basically, all this stuff that he had done, it was like it set me up to basically like lose everything or go for, follow your dream. And I remember that moment, it was actually not that hard of a decision for me. Mm-hmm. It was so clear. I'm like, well, I'm going to L.A., so you can kind of just fuck off. And I went and I did it. And the only way I could say that I did that was I had a certain amount of self-containment. I had a certain mm-hmm. amount of clarity in myself. And here's what I would say. This is how I did it. For anybody who's like, you know, you want to go for something, but you don't know how. Invest in experiences. Yeah. Don't invest in outcomes. Don't invest in things. Invest in experiences. Going down to LA was an experience. Yeah. Did it have the outcome? Like people could look at it and go, well, you didn't become famous. So it was a total fucking failure. It's like, (laughs) well, look, here's the thing. I could be here today going like, I didn't do this thing I really wanted to do. Yeah. Because I was scared it wouldn't work out. Or now, which I'm glad I did, I went down, I had an experience. And here's the most important thing. I, against all odds, went and did that for me. Yeah. I didn't let someone else become the authority of my life. And I, I, that's what I would pass on to anybody. You know, I would say, look, like, trust your own path. Mine was yeah. going down to LA at that time and many other things I did helped <laughs> be possible because of that decision. And it starts by one action of trust right now. Start trusting yourself, build that confidence in yourself. And you know what? Pretty soon people are going to start to go and they're going to want to know maybe how you're doing it. And then you, you don't be their guru, but you can kind of say, look, I just, I look into my heart. I have a sense of what I want and I follow that. Try that, you know, try that for you. I don't know what that is for you, but try it. I'm not going to tell you how to do it because I don't know what's in your heart, but Mm -hmm. whatever's in your heart, trust that it's probably going to lead you to the right place. Mm -hmm. And I know that for me, anytime I follow my heart and my gut, it always leads me to the right place. And it's the right experience. It's the necessary thing. And, you know, I I think just don't look back on your life with regret. Living someone else's narrative, Mm -hmm. you know? And I mean, I think you, Pat, Kat, it's been wonderful because you passed on some exercises, some questions. And, you know, Evan, you kind of accompanied that. Like, ask those questions. Try this out, you know? Like, it's in you. It's like none of us know what's best for you. Yeah. We And this talk is just basically to try to say, hey, you know the answer. That's yeah. all we're here saying is like, you know. Yeah. Not, not only none of us, no one knows what's best for you except for you. Yeah. In the end. And, and you can get loving kindness and support on the way. Yeah. And I mean, people will help. Will help. But yeah. we're not here to be your guru. We're not here to answer the question. We're not t- here to tell you the way. Yeah. You know. And you don't want that. No, you don't want that. What you want is self-containment. You want to trust your own way. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.